WDBM East Lansing. You think the Pistons are playoff bound? And that last play by the Giants totally gave the rest. This MSU team deserves to be in a BCS game. Still and always will be hockey time. Fire Leland. You can't hit in this league. You're garbage. I'm Alex Sharg with some great news coming from the MSU football team. Plus, we'll talk about LeBron's quote-unquote flop and former Detroit Lion who had a mission. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. And that mission from a former Detroit Lion is something we'll get to within the first 10 minutes of the show. Again, I'm Alex Shark, same time, same place, 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. If you're in your car, if you're on your back porch, if you're in your cubicle at work, you can stream us anywhere, anytime, same time, same place from 7 to 8 p.m. All you have to do is go to www.impact89fm.org. There's a listen live now link you can click on the right side of the screen and you can stream us anywhere, whether you're in San Jose State University in California or Miami, Florida, those are the places that we've had listeners in the past. We are a nationally listened show every time each week. Uh, we've had past guests each week, including Clarissa Bell, guard from the Michigan State Spartans, Brian Calloway, Lansing State Journal columnist, Dan Dickerson, Detroit Tigers play-by-play voice, and we actually just closed the semester with uh, state news reporter Josh Mansour. And this week we actually have a special guest in studio. That special guest is Max King, an Impact store, an Impact uh, Impact member that has been a DJ for numerous years and is actually the new assistant sports director for Impact Sports. So if you're listening, if you've been waiting to see what's going on with Impact Sports, we are making some progress. Within the next week or so, you'll hear about what you can do and how you can get involved to make Impact Sports great. But Max, uh, great to have you on here. Uh, Your first show as the assistant sports director, so that's great. Uh, talk about a little bit, first of all, your sports experience, your DJ experience, uh, basically what, what you're trying to do with the sports program along with myself. Thanks, Alex. Uh, good to be here. Appreciate you having me on the show. Um, yeah, I've been been on air the last two years. Uh, big time sports connoisseur, you know, as you might say. Uh, follow a, a lot of sports. Um, been doing some, I do uh, some play-by-play for uh, you know, local uh, sports uh, in my area, old high school. Um and uh, just a big, big fan of sports radio and big fan of the show and uh, really glad to be part of it all. Great. Well, what kind of sports do you do or play-by-play? Uh, I do water polo, actually. High school water polo, a little bit unconventional, but I played in high school and uh, coached for a little bit, so I know the game a lot. And uh, I'm uh, the kind of the PA announcer for uh, my old high school and been doing that for probably about four years now. It's been a lot of fun. So, so for those that don't know, Playing water polo is not an easy task. It is not, no. Um, It's kind of like chess, hockey, and throwing it all into a pool of water. And um, it's, it's, yeah, it's a pretty intense sport. A lot of fun, though. Um, And, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed being a part of it the last few years. So, Although it's kind of like chess and, uh, and a couple other sports put together, uh, what are some of the things that you've seen from the sport? Maybe, maybe are there any local celebrities that have kind of moved on to some some better leagues with the water polo? Or what are some of the things that you've learned from uh, from from doing the uh, announcing? Well, PA all these years? Mich- well, right here, just in Michigan State, Michigan State's got a, actually a phenomenal club, men's and women's polo team. Um, I know the men's have won at least about six national titles here uh, for the club in the last uh, probably I'd say ten years. Uh, the women's also very talented as well. Um, you had a c- couple local products um, coming out of uh, schools like Okemos High School um, that play for Michigan State a lot. Um, can't can't name anyone off the top of my head as far as um, you know someone who's been on an Olympic team. A lot of those Olympic water polo players you'll you'll see every four years. They they mainly come from California. Um, there there's a pe- people from the University of Michigan. There's a couple um, people that have been on the Olympic team there, but. Um, but yeah, like I said, Michigan State water polo is actually phenomenal. They just don't get a lot wow. of coverage, which is something that we're looking to uh, to do here as as a new sports department here is to cover uh, some of those smaller sports and kind of uh, get the information out there. Now, before we get into what we're trying to do with the sports department, now, did you have any soccer experience? Any former experience that helped you with water polo? Did not. Oh, you know, just you know, when you're growing up, you play you know those those soccer games there. But yeah, it's actually a lot like soccer. Um, and there's uh, a couple, maybe some of the rules are like soccer. Com- some of the rules are, you know, like soccer, a lot of, you know, kind of a soccer hockey hybrid, I would say type of thing. Um, uh, you know, there's, you know, corner kicks, penalty shots, stuff like that. And, and I can't imagine having the balance when it's deep water, you have to stay up for, for numerous seconds. You got to tread water constantly throughout the match. I mean, that, that sounds like tough stuff. 
It's tough, yeah. Um, uh, you, you're usually playing in all deep water. Occasionally, you'll get a shallow deep pool, um, which is actually sounds ideal, but it's not because obviously you can't touch the bottom and you kind of got to scrunch yourself down. But uh, all deep water, and uh, it, it gets tough, but uh, no doubt treading one of, the, one of the key things to being successful at the game. Very good. For, so for those of you who do not know, actually, Max and I are the new directors for Impact Sports. If you are interested in joining in on the Impact Sports idea, seeing what it's all about, you want to go to the basement of Holden Hall. That's G4. You want to fill out an application. It's at the front desk. If Max and I are not there, there is someone there that you can talk to. Fill out a form, and then we'll get you involved, and we'll send you an email within this week about when our, our meetings are going to be starting up. And from when the meetings are, are commencing, then we'll get into more of the coverage and how it's going to evolve from there. But great to have Max on the show and uh, hopefully you'll get to know Max a little bit more but if it is your first time tuning into the show we always start off with a someone who's a little bit goony uh we usually actually keep this for the end of the show uh, we always start usually sometimes with a question uh but there's someone a little bit goony and it goes a little bit something like this goon, 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 goon. Goon of the week that's why right. e- each week at the sports rap uh we pick someone who's uh not really representing himself quite respectfully uh, you, usually we keep it for the end of the show, but this week we just couldn't wait because we're going to tie uh, the Goon of the Week with a score of the week, which we'll talk about in just a second. But the Goon of the Week this week is someone that you've heard a lot about if, you, if you're reading some press clippings, and that person's Titus Young. I mean, you can't go wrong with a guy that's been arrested three times in one week. I mean, I thought, I thought two times was probably enough. Enough, you know? You, you probably learned your lesson by now. And maybe you'd hope the first time you learn your lesson. I mean, I've never been arrested. I'm sure that it's pretty hard to bear with, but two times in one week, and then a third time, and and the, you have to understand kind of the, the chain of events because the third time he was arrested, and, and this guy's 23 years old. This isn't this isn't a guy that's in debt. I mean, this is an NFL player with millions of dollars. This 23 year old Titus Young, late Friday in San Clemente, California, was breaking an entry into a home, and then he was fought with deputies after a foot chase. And then a charge with the attempted burglary, he, he's held in custody uh, for a $75,000 bail. Uh, but also note that last Sunday, he was arrested for suspicion of driving under the influence. And then after basically getting arrested, he was released after his suspicious of a DUI. He went to retrieve his car that was in a tow yard, j- jumping over the fence. I mean, this is like you're trying to escape the border. Th- this is the equivalent of you're, 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 you're hoarding yourself over the fence. You're in desperate need to get your car back. I mean, it's not like you couldn't wait. Your, your car, if it's in the tow yard, they're not going to bunch it up. It's not, met, you're not, you're not, it's not a scrap yard. It's a tow yard. Your, your car's towed. So Titus Young basically takes it into his own hands to get his car back. I don't understand why he couldn't wait. Uh, and whether that they maybe try to talk to him, calm him down, uh, calm him down a little bit, but uh, it didn't work out, Max. Uh, so Titus Young is the goon of the week thus far, and along with Titus Young, you have to understand that this was a former lion. So he's gonna he's gonna bear the name of a Detroit lion forever, regardless of if this was after his tenure at Detroit, regardless if he went crazy after he left the team. This is a former Detroit lion. Now, uh, Max, before we get a little bit more into the detail, uh, this is also a guy that basically sucker punched, quote-unquote, Louis Delmas, you know, for safety. But uh, what, what kind of effect does, does this have on Detroit? I mean, I think this is a pretty big deal if, if you're the Detroit Lions organization because, sure, you released him, you saw that he wasn't quite right, but you, 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 you basically scout things like this when it comes to the draft. You look at some of these interviews, you talk about some of the talks, some of the behaviors. I, I think, could this have been avoided ahead of time? Well, absolutely. Um, I, I think it probably a little embarrassment on the Detroit Lions um, as far as their draft, you know, their draft scouts and, and whatnot. Um, I, you know, coming into, you know, the profess, pre- professional career, they knew he had you know, some off the field issues, but I, I think they kind of thought that was behind him. And he actually had a very decent, you know, rookie year, you know, 2011, he had over 600 yards oh, reception. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. um, he was prom- he's a promising young player. Um, so I think there might be a little embarrassment on their part, and I wouldn't be surprised if some of the, the higher-ups in that organization went down to those guys and said, you know, make sure this doesn't happen again. Make, we don't want to keep drafting guys like this because obviously that hurts their image. And, I mean, three three arrests in, in seven days, I mean, you almost have to try to do that. And there are yeah. three different things. So it's um, – I, I think it affects the team. Um, you know, I think – you know, it's past now. Obviously, he he's out of a job currently, and he's not on the team. 
Um, so I think a lot of players will tell you it's it's in the past, but no doubt if you're some of those front office people who are who are part of the the draft picks, you gotta kind of have that in the back of your mind. We don't want another Titus Young. He's now kind of a, a template example. You know, is this guy going to be a Titus Young in the future? So yeah, I, I think it does affect what they do in the future. Yeah, and that could be either taking a closer watch when it comes to drafting players. That could be uh, more disciplinary action. I mean, we've seen this line team have that bad boy image. I mean, we've seen suspensions up the gazoo you know we, we've seen all kinds of stuff uh but the only thing is uh uh you got to look at this uh Titus Young issue in a, in a couple other ways one way you got to look at it is basically were the Lions maybe a little bit lenient at first because they kept him on the team for quite some time uh, I, I thought that after maybe that first time after this sucker punch maybe they would have let him go but you know they kept him there after time and time again suspensions altercations they still kept him yeah, Jim Swartz seemed like kind of a no nonsense guy when it comes to that sort of thing, and um, I, I think he, I think he was kind of you know gave him a second chance, but um, you know I, I guess I was I was surprised that he stayed on for as long as he did. Um, you know, when he got the Lewis Delmas thing incident going on, um, you just don't hear about that stuff, especially from you know guys who are just breaking into the league like him. Um, so maybe it's a lesson learned from Jim Swartz and the rest of the staff that no matter how promising a player has. Um, that stuff just doesn't get tolerated anymore. Now, the number for the show, 517-432-3893. Again, the number, 517-432-3893. If you'd like to comment on anything during the show, uh, first of all, uh, we, we want to talk about this Titus Young ordeal. And that actually leads us to our next segment of the show, and it actually goes a little bit something like this. Score of the Week. That's right. It's our score of the week. Basically, each week at the Sports Wrap, we ask a question, a trivia question, and you have the opportunity to win a potential prize. In, in past weeks, we've actually given out uh, Peta Pit gift certificates. We've given out, uh, uh, we've given out a couple other things. We've given out uh, some Kosi, uh, some go- some Kosi gift cards. We've given out uh, some Nebo gift cards. We've had all kinds of different pr- uh, different opportunities. Things for you to win here on uh, 89FM uh, on the Spartan Sports Wrap. And this week, actually, we're still in the process of building our, our sports team. We're, we're in the process of getting some um, some more uh, prizes for the upcoming year. But you have the opportunity uh, to win uh, definitely some prizes in future weeks. So if you keep staying tuned to 88.9 and, and definitely in future weeks, definitely in this summer, I think we'll start getting uh, some prizes in here. If you keep staying tuned, you will, you will have the opportunity to get a prize. And how you do that is you need to tweet at us at 89FM Sports Wrap. You can also call in, like I said, 517-432-3893. You have the opportunity to win yourself a prize if you guess the question correctly. Now, each week since we have uh, some callers, a couple other different tweets, there are a lot of different people calling in. So we pick someone at random. We have a predetermined number. Uh, either it's the fourth tweeter or if it's the uh, the first caller. Whoever is that person, that lucky person, you will have the opportunity to win a prize. So although we don't have a prize this week, we thought we'd ask, we'd ask the question because it's pretty entertaining, this Titus Young ordeal. So when Titus Young was going into this home invasion, when he was coming into this burglary, what was Titus Young trying to steal? For example, you could go on the lines of Titus Young was stealing his playbook that he left in Detroit because he was trying to get on St. Louis. Maybe Titus Young was taking Jim Schwartz's headset because he wanted to make him calls himself. Maybe Titus Young was going into this home because he was stealing all of the uh, all of the cash uh, that was in the home because he maybe had too many loans. I mean, the guy's probably in debt after the $75,000 bail, after uh, numerous team suspensions and fines. I mean, this guy's got it all. So we ask you, the listener, to tweet at us at 89FM Sports Rap. What was Titus Young trying to steal out of that home? Was Titus Young, I mean, you probably got some entertaining answers. I mean, well, it could have been anything. Was could he been, t- maybe he's looking after paperwork from that towing place. Who knows? <laughs> maybe That's how you usually do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you get your car towed... Uh, you know, uh, I mean, the thing was, is he never got the car back. Yeah. So uh, your car, I mean, I assume it just sits there for a couple of days. I mean, this must have been a really nice car. I'm curious to see what kind of car this was. We're going to look that up and, and try to find what kind of car Titus Young had. But, I mean, if this was a Lamborghini, sure, I get that. You know, you want you want to make sure your Lamborghini isn't sitting, sitting in a tow yard. But, I mean, if this is, this is like a, uh, you know, a mass-made car, maybe a, a, a pretty big name brand, you know, I wouldn't really worry too much. It's not like this guy is a you know a superstar. He's not making you know, over ten million a year. He's out of a job too. What else does he have to yeah. do? Yeah, and another guy out of the, out of a job is Chad Johnson, which we'll get to with our next part of the show. 
Uh, each week we have the Chad Ocho Zero segment. Each week, basically, we talk about why Chad Johnson cannot stay out of the news. Uh, each week he usually has something going on, whether it's over Twitter, Tom Brady is as black as Justin Timberlake, whether it's taking a homeless guy to Urban Outfitters, treating him out. Eh, very nice, very nice gesture. Uh, whether it's a tweet from Evelyn Lozada's daughter, who was his former uh, spouse, uh, Evelyn Lozada's daughter saying uh, how much that she hates him, uh, Chad Johnson saying he's going to quit Twitter but g- gets right back to it, uh, whether it's uh, for an illegal sex tape over the internet. I mean, this guy's just got all kinds of dirt on him. I mean, this is a celebrity over Twitter. Uh, this is a guy that basically can't get himself out of the news media's attention. So each week at the Spartan Sports Shop, we talk about something new with Chad Johnson because every week there's always something new. I mean, this guy can't stop. Last week, uh, Tyler Eifert, who was picked uh, by the Cincinnati Bengals, is actually going to wear his numbers. So if you thought that Chad Johnson had the performance to get his number retired, you're completely wrong. Uh, they basically ditched that effort, basically probably because of all this attention with him. But this week, surprisingly, there's nothing new. So if we can get this streak going for maybe two, three more weeks, we'll add to the Chad Ocho Zero segment, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll create a Titus Young segment, you know? Yeah, you might be next in line. You might be next in line. So there you go. Uh, 517-432-3893 is the number. You can tweet at us at 89FM Sports Chat. We are here reading your tweets. What what The question of the day, what was Titus Young stealing when he went into that house? Uh, like Max said, was it his, uh, his papers to get his car back for the towing? Uh Another thing he might get, maybe he was trying to get his helmet because, you know, there are times during the game he wasn't wearing that helmet. Uh, maybe he was trying to get a contract, uh, whether it's a contract from a lawyer or a wealthy lawyer or whoever was in that house at San Clemente. I mean, he was getting, he was getting something. So uh, feel free to tweet at us at 89FM Sports Rap. Best response will be read over the air. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you. And in future weeks, we'll pick some, we'll basically pick a tweet who we really think, uh, uh, what, what we think is pretty funny. So uh, definitely stay tuned and send us a tweet. We want to hear from you and all kinds of other things. Uh, alongside with the Titus Younger ordeal, let me give you a quick lineup. Uh, it's already 7.15, uh, moving fast. We only have an hour. I, I hate that. Uh, but uh, 7.15, let me give you a quick lineup of what we'll get into on today's show. Uh, just to start off, we'll talk about the Detroit Red Wings Game 7, which, which uh, uh, thank goodness, resulted in a, in a win. They pulled it off. And they, Yeah, they did pull it off. I, and you know what? I, I had it all planned out at the Red Wings lost that game to come into this show and talk about the, the legacy of Red Wings ho- hockey. Will, will it be back in the next three years? Uh, will they basically have, have, a, have a cup? Will they find a dominant defenseman like they had in Lindstrom? But you know what? I I'm, My mouth is, 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 is sealed shut because you can't really say any negative things after that game. Uh, there's a lot of tenacity, a lot of, a lot of heart. So we'll get to that at around uh, 7.18. Uh, at 7.25, changing times, Max, uh, we're going to get into the MSU Sports Roundup. We always start with MSU Sports first. Uh, so we're going to – this is this is a show at Michigan State University. So we're going to basically uh, talk about some news that's going on with MSU basketball. Uh, we'll talk about MSU baseball for a second. They actually sealed off their season with an Eastern Michigan game the other day, uh, their last home game. So uh, we'll talk about that and their 63 win. We'll also get into MSU football, and there's some great news, like I said at the beginning, from MSU football, and it has to do with academics. We'll get into that uh, at 725. 735, we'll get into some Detroit Pistons coverage. Uh there is some news that a Hall of Fame great center is training with a current Detroit Pistons number uh, member. I'll tell you who that Detroit Pistons is and more about his training sessions at 7.35. We'll also get into draft day coming up because uh, they've got a plethora of different options they could take with that seventh pick. Is it going to be an Oladipo with Zeller or Muhammad? We'll, we'll give you uh, the latest in mock draft news from ESPN's Chad Ford, and we'll, got, we'll also talk to uh, what... Basically, who would be the biggest steal for the Pistons to get? Uh, we'll also talk about the new coaching hire, who that might be, some potential trades, some rumors flying about Kevin Love. Uh, and then at 7.42, we'll talk about NBA playoffs, the Bulls, the, Le- the LeBron James flop. Uh, we'll talk about the Spurs-Warriors series. And then uh, 7.48, we talked about the Floyd Mayweather fight last week, but we'll get into more detail of this fight. And there's some actually some new there's some new details coming out about the, uh, about the fight because this was $70 on pay-per-view. I mean, this was no cheap. This was no cheap seat. So we'll get into the the economics of boxing and maybe its decline at 7:48, and then at 7:52 we'll talk about a Detroit Lions draft pick who's having a little bit of concern with his neck. Uh, we'll also talk about Isaac Ilansa, some more news about him you know, besides his his 3D glasses. Uh, some more news about the truck that was sitting at at, at a Detroit Lions practice facility with a bunch of glasses for Ansa. Uh, at 7:55 to close of the show will unfortunately uh, unravel the blown save from the man who we thought never would come back, 
Papa Grande, that's right. We'll talk about him and the Detroit Tigers. Uh, basically losing two out of three to Cleveland, now tied for first place. But they may have a break within the next four days. You know, they got the Astros. We'll get into that coverage as soon as we get to that. Uh, so, basically to start, let's talk Detroit Red Wings, Max. Uh, you, you saw the Game 7, I assume. Uh, you saw, basically, uh, some... Uh, Jakob Kindle mistakes on and that one goal where he dived. It was a little bit before Einheim's first goal. Uh, we saw basically some unlucky goals. It, this just looked like the perfect recipe for disaster for the Wings. I mean, we've seen time and time again this team give up some unfortunate goals. It turns out that that's the game breaker. That 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 basically uh, determines who's going to win the game. You know, one 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 shot off a defender's skate sliding into the back of Howard is going to is going to impact the game. And I personally thought Max this game. After seeing that goal again, you know, it was 3-2, I thought, no, no, not again. This can't happen again. Uh, first of all, what did, what did you learn from watching that game, Max? So what, are, what are some things that you saw? And do the Wings have any shot at being Chicago next series? Well, well I agree with you. I, I had kind of those same doubts. Um, I, I was... I, you know, I thought beforehand I would have been sh- I'd have been pretty surprised had they pulled out the game seven. Just historically, it's hard to 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 win a game seven away on the road, especially with a young team you have. And I think talking about the Kindle incident with him diving, I think you still see a little immaturities here and there from them. But um, but I, I really think the big the big turning point in that game, um, going back uh, earlier to that, the Justin Applicator. Uh, shorthanded goal was a really big boost for them. Anytime you get a shorthanded goal in the playoffs, it's huge, especially when it's a game seven on the road. So I think that was a huge pickup for them. Um, but no doubt, you know, that game six, when they gave up those two goals, you know, with less than, I believe it was three minutes in the game, you thought, oh, no, this is catastrophic. Um, but uh, and you thought you might see that again in game seven, but they they stuck with it and they pulled it off. And um, as far as the next series goes, Chicago's going to be tough. Um, they always are. It's a great rivalry in hockey. I think it's it's going to be a great uh, whatever number of games it is. Um, you know, you got a lot of superstars on that team. Patrick Kane is obviously their go-to guy there. I think they do. You know, I think they do have a shot. Um, I think they've kind of proven themselves from that last series. And obviously, I don't think Anaheim is the same level as Chicago is. Um, but it's the playoffs, and, you, and at this point, you just have to get in. You know, you kind of look back to the re- regular season. Regular season is pretty much irrelevant at this point. You just have to get in. How it, and that's how it is with most playoff um, you know, issues, especially in uh, in professional sports, which is which is something that's really nice to uh, watch as far as professional sports because anyone can be anybody. A little bit different from college, but you know, I think I think they do. Um, I think they'll definitely have to tighten up on defense late in games. Um, as as we saw, um, especially with a lead, uh, we saw how quickly even a two goal lead with a few minutes left in a game can go away. So um, if they tighten that up, I thought the offense has been pretty okay. Um, I I don't think they've been terribly awful, um, but um, I think the superstars are are working and uh, yeah, just tighten up defense late in games. I think I think they'll have a good series with them. Yeah, and something that worried me, Max, is the fact that when we saw Detroit play Chicago throughout the year. They come out. Sh- they come out short every time. I mean, even I-, I was watching this interview after the game, and and Howard was talking to the guys at the NHL Network in the studios, and Howard was saying that you know what, we're obviously gonna have to play our best hockey, but everything has to go flawlessly. This this is a team that you know has a lot of different powers. They're skilled in all four lines. I mean, they've got a lot of depth on that team, and Howard's you know you know you, you've got to be confident going to the series. But Howard said, I mean, they're they're trying to prepare as much as they can, but. You know they're aware that they may not be able to do everything they can. I mean, they just might not have it. I mean, this is a really, really solid Chicago team, uh, and, and if they don't have it, I mean, are, are you going to criticize them? Because I mean, this is a great Chicago team, and if they win the cup like Anaheim did when they beat the Wings as an eight seed, I mean, the criticism may you know, slide off a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of criticism after you know Lidstrom left. This is the Wings' build up year. This is supposed to be the you know the fate of the team of the decade. But I'm not so sure if if it's going to continue. But if the if the Wings lose this series, does that lose all doubt? I think that um, to the fair weather a fair weather Red Wings fan, um, they they always expect a lot from them. They expect you know deep runs into the playoffs. But I think if you really paid attention to this team this year, um, I think you could probably make the argument that they already have overachieved. Um, I don't think anyone saw them I think a lot of people didn't think they were going to make the playoffs um, especially with the short season and once they got into the playoffs um, it was kind of a Jekyll high series and um, 
Yeah, and, and I mean, I was one of them. I didn't think they were going to win uh, the uh, last night, but they pulled it off, and so it could be it could be a turning point in, for them for a young team who's definitely trying to find their identity after, um, especially after uh, a Nick Lindstrom leaves. Um, so I, I would argue that they they've probably done more than. Um, people who have followed them all year and who are um, dedicated fans, I would say they probably overachieved already this year. Um, if, and if they can give Chicago a series, I think um, we'll definitely probably uh, see good things from them in the future. And definitely there'll probably be some people thinking, wow, I didn't really realize we had this kind of team. Let's hope. 517-432-3893. Uh, besides the Titus Young question, what was Titus Young stealing out of that house uh, that, that he, uh, uh, he wasn't armed, but that he, that, that he was trying to rob. But we we love to see your tweets. But besides that, another question that I want to ask is, like, Max, do the Wings have any shot at being the Chicago team? I mean, and and if so, what's going to be the biggest advantage that the the Red Wings can offer? Is it the offense that's been somewhat okay? Is it going to have to be this defense that's suddenly going to have to step up in some pretty big shoots? So we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to tweet us in or call. Uh, alongside with that, we want to get to uh, a little bit of our uh, uh, the line changes that actually happened last game before we switch switch topics here. Uh, and some of the line changes were, were, was the insertion of Patrick Eves uh, into that fourth line and, and him basically being able to you know uh, you know create a couple windows of opportunities. Uh, do you think that had had any impact on the game? Uh, the, the impact of Eves? Well, Eves is he's been there before. Um, I, I think that's something that it's definitely nice to have when you have that young of a team. I I, I like the move just because you have a guy who has experience. He's a good goal scorer. He he'll come through for you, um, especially um, when you you don't expect it. So I think they might. I think maybe Mike Babcock there was looking for a guy who at least um, could maybe. Um, you know, could give you a surge in that fourth line. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, he's been there before. So I think it was a good move. Um, again, it's it's kind of hard to, to pick and choose when you have so many young players on that team. Right. And then besides for, for, uh, for Eves on that fourth line, another Red Wing player who had a breakout game was uh, was Justin Advocator, former Spartan. So great to bring him up because, you know, on that 1-1 tie and then he went for that shorthanded goal, I mean, we all we we knew it was a goal all the way. I mean, breakaway odds of not scoring that. You know, you're gonna be pretty aided on if you can't contribute in an open situation like that. I mean, we've seen Ducks with all kinds of breakaways this series. Rare, rarely did we see Red Wings have breakaway. You know, so uh, great to see Justin Advocator basically show up. But I mean, I think the bigger story out of that is coming off that suspension for two games. He obviously wanted to have a big role, and it was obviously a big a big loss for the Wings. But the bigger story for me out of the Advocator goal is the fact that. Him coming back for that game may have impacted that whole series. I think I think he had a, he had a good weekend all all around. I think and um, you know he his he's really fast. He's one he's one of their speed guys. Um, obviously they're missing um, that with Darren Helm not being in the lineup right, right now. Right. But um, you know Justin Applicator and going back to that goal specifically, I think that that was advantage for him over Hillers because he he got there so fast. And I think that can kind of um, be a delusion for a goalie, especially since Hiller was out in front. Um, and ab- with advocator's advocator speed, it's it's hard to it's hard to get a gauge on um, guys like that sometimes. Um, no doubt, um, I remember when he was a rookie, he had some big goals in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs, um, and they the ring- Wings did really well that year. Granted, they were they were a little bit different of team, but um, you know, anytime you can get um, a guy like Applicator going, um, especially after a big win like that. Um, I, I think you'll you'll be surprised to see how well uh, teams can rally around that, especially if you have uh, things clicking with um, your normal superstars as well. Yeah, and, and then I mean, before we get to another topic, five one seven four three two three eight nine three is the number you can tweet at us at eighty nine FM Sports Ramp. And, and just like you said, I mean that's a great point. Uh, but my bigger question is, can we win without without Advocator? Because he had such a big impact in in this weekend. I think we can. Um, I certainly won't make certainly won't make it easier. Um, but uh, I think we'll be able to, um, and I think guys like Datsuk and Zetterberg are, you know, one of those guys where if they were out, I think that question really comes uh, to fruition. But um, I think they can. I mean, they. I mean, I, I, obviously they won't want. You know, they want as much help as they can. Um, but uh, Applicator, he's, he's been playing great. But I think they'd still be able to win without him. Absolutely. 517-432-3893. Can you win without without Ablocator? What was Titus Young going to rob that house? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to think of some other funny things that you could say for Titus Young. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that was, I mean, one argument you can make that he was trying to go get some boxing gloves to have a soccer, a sucker punch fight with Louis Delmas round two. 
Uh, what else can you say about Titus Young, Max? Uh, can you think of anything that he was trying to steal out of that house? He might have been doing his best Chad Ochocinco impression, too. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, he he's kind of seems like he's in that category now. And, uh, I mean, you, you hope for the best for him. But at this time, like we, we were talking about it before the show started, at this point it's almost gotten comical. Um, yeah, and obviously right. we know it, it's not a completely laughing matter, but um, – yeah, who knows? Who knows what goes through his head? And that brings me to my next argument, that I don't think Tardy Sung will have any shot at making an NFL, NFL team again. I don't think he will either. Um, think so? I think he's already, it's already too little, too late for damage. Um, you kind of hope it doesn't turn into um, another Ocho Cinco incident, though. They, you know, Obviously, they're a little different. Um, and then you know, maybe even a Terrell Owens, where they, they just try pretty much. They're desperate at this point to, to get any sort of job. But um, So you, you hope it doesn't turn into something like that. But yeah, I agree. I, I think his... NFL career is is done. Yeah, and then another thing you could look at though is look at Michael Vick. This was a guy that was arrested. You could you can make this counter argument that Vick was also arrested. He was given another chance. Sure, it was a difference of severity. Maybe Young with his 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 string of arrests. It, it basically hints that he may have a underlying deeper problem than maybe Vick had because Vick's involvement was a little bit different with that dog that with the dog ring. So, I mean, they got another chance. It's not to say that former convicts cannot have a, have a shot at the NFL. So, with that, you can make the argument that Titus Young could have a chance that it's, it's not ruled out quite yet. Uh, but again, 517-432-3893. Uh, moving on now from the wings. Uh, actually, one more thing I want to talk about, sorry, before we move on and before we jump to a quick break, is Babcock said before the game that they are so glad that it went to Game 7 because this allows them more time to get better. If it wasn't for the extra lot of time, the Red Wings would not be nearly as prepared as they were for this game. Uh, thoughts on that? Is this a team that's just going to keep getting better, or does it go by opponent? Does it go by who they're facing uh, predominantly? Well, we see that sometimes. Um, you know, We see it not just in hockey. You see it in all sorts of sports. Just because you sweep your opponent right away doesn't mean it's always the best thing. You know, We see it. You know, we saw it with the Tigers. They sweep you know, their uh, opponents in the ALDS, and then they get to the World Series after not playing for a week, and you know, as opposed to the Giants who had more games before that. Um, I, I think it's kind of that same scenario. You don't always um, think that just because a team goes to a Game 7 and then the other team had some time off, that the team who has time off is automatically going to win. Sometimes guys just need to be in that groove constantly, and um, I, I don't think it's going to hurt them. Um, uh, by any means, um, so I, I'd be interesting to see. Usually, they're not on. They're usually on the other side. Usually, the Red Wings have a few days off and they're waiting for an opponent. So it'll be interesting to see what what they can do um, now that the tables have sort of flipped. Right, tables have certainly flipped, and we're actually going to flip back and take a quick break here. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89 FM. I'm Alex Shark, Max King. We'll see you at the other side. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Smoking helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want mysmokefreeapartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building? Without all that smoking? Uh, yeah, that's right. Make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink. Mysmokefreeapartment.org. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Wednesday nights from 8 until midnight, it's the Impact's Accidental Blues, your source for great blues music, news, and concert information. Only on Impact Primetime. Hola, my name is Esperanza. After a tragic incident, I was forced from a life of riches in Mexico to a life of poverty in the United States. My mother has become ill and we have become separated from our family. Now I must work for both of us to try to bring the rest of our family together. My name is Esperanza and I am trying to survive. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Esperanza Rising by Pam Muñoz Ryan. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Trap on Impact Exposure. I'm Alex Shark. Same time, same place, here each week from 7 to 8 p.m. 
Alongside alongside me is Max King, who is the assistant sports director here for Impact Sports. And if you are just tuning in, if you want to get involved with Impact Sports, uh, within the next few weeks, we'll start to host some meetings, uh, get more of you involved that are interested. Uh, If you'd like to get more information on that, you can basically go uh, to the basement of Holden Hall. That's G4. You can go to G4 at Holden Hall, fill out an application for Impact Sports, and basically talk about why you want to get more involved. And then... Basically, in the next few weeks, we'll hold these meetings. You'll see what's in it for you, where it's going, and a little bit more after that. But again, I'm Alex Sharg. Same time, same place. We start with MSU Sports first. We'll jump over to a little bit of local Detroit sports, Lansing Bonuts, whatever it may be. And then we'll get to a little bit of national news. But like I said, MSU Sports first, and we're getting to a little bit of MSU right now. Uh, Let's start it off with MSU Basketball because there's some actually pretty... Debatably upsetting could be neutral uh, neutral news uh, that the Judd Heathcote tribute that was in the talks that Mark Hollis, athletic director for Michigan State, was in the talks with with some other athletic directors with some of the some of the teams. Uh, they were trying to pull off a, a Judd Heathcote tribute. Uh, the first game was going to be Gonzaga, Michigan State. Uh, and then there was a low-key second game. Uh, I think it was a Montana. It was Montana versus, you know, Max? It was Montana, yeah. It was Montana. And uh, basically what happened was uh, that was supposed to happen out in Seattle. It was unfortunately officially canceled that it's off. Uh, something that did not work out between the teams. So, I mean, this is obviously a, a big a big topic of conversation because Michigan State basketball, always with a very tough out-of-conference schedule, a lot of traveling, a lot of different tournaments they like to compete in. But... Now you're laying off a little bit. I mean, this was going to be a tough matchup against a Gonzaga team, and now you're not facing Gonzaga. Where where are you going to fill the hole? Are you going to put something else in there? Is this going to be a, a, a little bit of a disappointment? or How do you see it, Max? Well, it was disappointing. Um, I know they went out there a couple years ago and played a great game against Gonzaga, um, and it's always nice to do something for Judd. Um, I, I know he wasn't able to go to that alumni game that they had recently, and so it would have been nice to, to go out there and see him again. Um, I think as far as the strength of schedule goes, I think they're still okay. I think you get you know you got Carolina coming to your place, which is going to be a huge game, um, not only for the basketball team but just for the MSU community itself. Um, and and you know you can never count out Tom Izzo. I'm sure he'll find someone to come in there and replace him. Um, and he, he he's he's good at finding some sneaky um, big time games too. I mean, no one would have guessed last year that Boise State would have been a two point victory. So um, I, I think there's still there's still hope, obviously. Um, but if they if they ended up not getting someone who's maybe maybe a very tough opponent, I still think you got a good strength of schedule um, if you look at their schedule as a whole. And of course, you know they have the Big Ten schedule every year, which is going to put oh, you right oh, up there. And, and certainly they've got a great strength of schedule. But I mean, the kind of schedule that makes this Michigan State team are these tough out of conference games. And you take away a team like Gonzaga, and, and you're looking at RPI. You're looking. I mean, Adrian Payne's coming back. He's hoping to make a tournament run. I personally, Max, disagree. I mean, I think this is a really bad thing for them. I think this is really going to hurt them because if you're trying to make a championship run and you probably want to get that one seed like they did. Now, if you if you take away some of these games like Gonzaga, not, not to say this is the end-all, be-all, this isn't the game you should take away, but this certainly, I think, is going to hurt when it comes to that kind of rating. Yeah, I mean, um, it's disappointing because I, I always liked what Izzo has done in the past at not only scheduling tough opponents, but he likes to schedule on the road as well. He likes to get his team prepped for that Big Ten schedule and for the for the postseason just because um, you can never – there's never uh, enough – there's always – you know, you always want to prep and um, you can never have enough of it. And um, I, I agree. I was disappointed. I, I liked I liked the Gonzaga matchup. Um, they've had good games in the past, um, you know, Maui Invitational. They've had some uh, really nice games there. And like I said a couple years ago, um, they had a really nice game there, a really, really nice victory. That's kind of when we saw Draymond Green become Draymond Green. Um, he had a huge game at Gonzaga. And so um, it would have been nice. They You know, they've had great games within the past. Um and and yeah, I would agree. It's it's disappointing. I just I just don't think that um, I, I just don't think it's something they should necessarily worry about um, right now. I think they'll still be okay. Let's hope so. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Will they still be okay? Although they canceled this out of conference game, does this mean it's the end all be all? Do they still have a chance? Um, so we'll definitely see what happens with that. Um, but alongside with the whole debate whether this out of conference game is a necessity. Another pretty big deal is that the former Michigan State basketball players, uh, Austin Thornton is one, uh, but some of the former players are helping with obesity and Fit Kids 360 program. Pretty nice story coming out of here. This is from Jeff Chaney out of M Live. Uh, but that, you know, some of these players have never had to deal with weight issues, but it doesn't help them for helping kids that do. So uh, Thursday at May 9th, 
Uh, they helped. Uh, they spoke in front of 20 kids at this Fit Kids 360 program, and they helped them uh, with a lot of playing a bunch of sports. So very nice to see. I mean, I mean, we've definitely seen some some former players do stuff in the past. I mean, we've seen players do whether it be from community service to running their own programs. I mean, we've seen all kinds of action and entrepreneurial kind of things. But I mean, this is very nice to see. You can't go wrong. Yeah, I think you uh, you see that sort of on one after you see players uh, leave and go on to bigger and better things. I think you kind of see um, the the culture that that Izzo creates with his players kind of sprout into the players' own things. I mean, you see Austin Thornton, who pretty much was a preferred walk on coming in here, and you know now he's. Um, he's out in the real world and doing and great things like this. He right. has a kid of his own, which I'm sure is is a big um, has a big effect for him. But like you said, you see a lot of players go out and do their own thing after they leave Michigan State, and I, I think no no doubt that's credit to Tom Izzo and the rest of his staff for for producing these you know fine young men. And um, it's always nice to see stuff like that going on. So I, I'm very thrilled for Austin Thornton to be a part of that. Absolutely. 517-432-3893. We're about to get a little bit into MSU football. Some some pretty great news. I talked about this at the beginning of the broadcast. Uh, we'll announce some great news right now. Uh, of course, Michigan State, a great place for academics, Big Ten school. But little did you know that Mark D'Antonio's current football roster produced the highest cumulative GPA ever in Michigan State history for a football team. 2.75 cumulative GPA between all players on the team. And that's great news. Of course, there are some schools that may be a little bit higher, but, I mean, wow, Max, 2.75, that's pretty difficult to do. Yeah, it's great. Um, I mean, like kind of just like going off what I just said about Izzo, um, D'Antonio does that same thing. Um, he spoke about um, at the end of their season how even though they came off with a really nice note with the bowl win, um, they had their their season was no doubt disappointing in some right. areas. Sure. Um, but I think that's a good thing to um, a good high note is um, you know he he stresses that it's not all about football and um, no doubt you have to have an education to fall back on and. Um, you know, that's that's a I think that's a silver lining in the season, though, though on the field, you might not have done as well as you would have liked in seasons past. Uh, you kept your grades up and, you know, it's it's a great thing to build off. And now they have a new mark to try and break next year. So, I, you know, it's proud of those guys. It's certainly uh, not an easy task to be a student athlete and uh, be a full time college student, especially if it's a football player and you're at Michigan State. So hats off to all those guys. Definitely hats off. And of course, if you have not been keeping up, the Spartans open up against Western Michigan in their first game. They actually just announced the time of that game. And yes, it's under the lights again, 8 p.m. at Spartan Stadium. That's going to be prime time football under the lights and of course if you saw the Boise State game last year it was a great sight uh then Western Michigan uh actually fouled later that season uh I think they played Central too right or yes, Central yep. so uh yeah so definitely Western coming in here at that first night game it's going to be pretty hype uh can't wait to see that uh but also marks the 13th meeting ever between the two uh with all games played in East Lansing yeah Spartans have never been out there uh to the Kalamazoo area uh, of course, Michigan State, uh, they actually have won 27 out of the last 30 against Mid-American Conference opponents, but let's not jump to the gun real quick because we saw what happened with University of Michigan losing to not even an MAC team, but uh, a D2 team. So hopefully Michigan State will pull that out uh, against Western Michigan. Uh, remaining games they have, uh, September 7th, they take on South Florida, Youngstown State on September 14th. Big Ten games starting off with Indiana, their homecoming game on October 12th. They then have Purdue October 19th. Michigan finally here on November 2nd. And then Minnesota, their last home game of the year on November 30th. So hopefully with all those those starters coming back, they can maybe pull some magic out of the gun uh, and hopefully make a pretty big uh, improvement when it comes to record this year. Uh, so, yeah, we jumped a little bit to some MSU football and basketball news. Uh, we're going to actually uh, basically just summarize Michigan State baseball real quick. Uh, basically beating Eastern Michigan with their last game. They actually have a couple games left. They're taking on Central Michigan at Mount Pleasant. Uh, and then they also traveled to Penn State at University Park Thursday, Friday, Saturday of this weekend to finish off their baseball season. They actually, after that, they have, um, uh, hopefully they'll be able to compete in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, it looks like they're slated to do that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, a pretty interesting series. Uh, if you're Michigan State baseball, they graduate with, you know, with a, with some pretty good pro talent, and and Dean Salter's been playing very well this year. So we'll have to see what happens uh, with this Michigan State baseball team and if they can basically make some damage uh, in the tournament. So moving on from baseball now, we'll talk a little bit about the Detroit Pistons, uh, jump to a little bit of local sports. 
And there's some news coming out of Detroit that's great because former center that was, in my opinion, probably top five, in my opinion, of all time, Hakeem Olajuwon, a great Hall of Famer, is actually working with a Detroit Piston. That's right. Which Detroit Piston would it be at center? You look at two. I mean, you've got Greg Monroe, and then you have Andre Drummond. He's actually working with Andre Drummond uh, to help with his offensive game. And I found this surprising, Max, because Olajuwon's a guy that not only was known for great offense, uh, you know, a great dunker, great finisher at the rim, but this was a great blocker. Okay, and I mean, this is a guy that you didn't want to you didn't want to see this guy when you when you came down the lane. Besides for great defensive rebounding, sure he had a great offensive game. This was a shot blocker. Now. Uh, of course, any training the, the Pistons can get is great. I mean, look what they did with Phil Jackson hiring as a consultant. Now you're getting Hakeem Olajuwon in there working with Andre Drummond. It looks like they're doing the right things. I mean, does this hint that it's an upward climb for the Detroit Pistons, Max? Well, you learn from the best. And um, like you said, I, don't, I can't imagine a whole lot of better people to learn from than uh, Olajuwon. And we saw something like that happen with LeBron James. He trained with some of those greats um, a few summers ago and to work on his post game specifically. Um, but it's nice to see Drummond uh, kind of uh, taking the reins there. He knows it's a young team. He probably wants it to be his team. And so, um, like I said, you learn from the best and uh, not many other people better than Olajuwon. So it's good to see him kind of take it in his own hands. He obviously wants to get better. He wants it, you know, the team to get better because of him. And, um, and with some, a couple more draft picks, um, they could be right there next year. Absolutely. Now, along with Drummond, if you did not watch the draft the past year, Drummond sliding to Detroit, many projected him to be maybe a top five. And I actually I actually think that this happens a lot when it comes to Brandon Knight, when it comes to Drummond, when it comes to Monroe. A lot of the Pistons draft picks end up sliding to them. I mean, some of these guys were put in the top five many times throughout the year, and then something happens with an injury, something happens with a with a lingering debate, whether this guy can be a legitimate professional athlete, that, that basically slings them back a little bit. And then each year it seems like the Pistons have a steal. Well, uh, Drummond was one of those guys, and maybe they'll get a steal this year. Uh, a mock draft from Chad Ford from ESPN had Shabazz Muhammad, who was a top-five pick slated to be, is projected to be the Pistons' seventh pick. So is this a the best pick, in your opinion, Max? Do you see maybe Enola Depot being a guy that you'd like to get? Uh, Zeller will be there, but debate whether he would be a great fit for the, for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Draft, draft day is right around the corner. Uh, who's it going to be, and who would be the best guy, Max? Well, I'm a huge Victor Oladipo fan. Um, I, I think that would be a great fit for them. You, I think they need a guy who kind of has an endless motor going on, um, kind of a do-it-all type of person. Um, I was one of the very, very few people that maybe thought I, that would have picked him over Trey Burke for player of the year, which I know might sound a little insane, but I, I, I think he... I think he transitions really well into the pro game. He's high intensity. He's strong. He's fast. He can play above the rim. He's got a good shot. Um, great defender, obviously. Um, I, I think that would be be great. I, I think they're as far as big men go. I think they're pretty set for now. I don't think Zeller would make a whole lot of sense in my opinion. Um, I, I think they need to look at their backcourt now, especially when you look at Rodney Stuckey. Is he the best fit for them anymore um, in future years? So I would love to see Victor Oladipo in there. I think it'd be a really interesting pick for them. And, and like you said, they've they slid the guys like that have slid down in the past, which certainly doesn't make it easier for those front office guys when when picking who they should get and who's going to be there still. But um, I, I would love to see Victor Oladipo in a uh, Pistons uniform. Now, if Oladipo isn't there and Shabazz Muhammad isn't there, you've got Zeller. Uh, there are a couple other guys they could draft. I mean, what do you do with the Pistons? Do you trade down if they don't get that that magic slide that they've ha- that they've gotten in the past? You you might trade down. Um, uh, you, you could go for a Zeller. Um, like I said, I, I I don't know if they need another big man at this point. Um, though I I mean Ze- Zeller's a phenomenal player. Um, they could trade down, and um, you know, you, you, it's not necessarily about you know when you when you get those uh, you know those, you know one through ten picks. Um, a lot of those guys. Um, are interchangeable, you know. If uh, just because a guy's picked fourth and the other guy's picked eighth doesn't necessarily mean that fourth guy is going to be better than the eighth guy. So um, they, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded down um, because I think they, they're at this point they need specific things addressed on their team, um, not just oh this guy is here at seventh and he's really good, so let's just pick him anyway. Um, I, I think a trade down might not be or, or might be um, a good idea at that point. 
517-432-3893. We're also going to touch on, besides for training down, they could offer a trade. It could be a trade down with an, with a Stucky offer. It could be a trade down uh, when it comes to maybe Greg Monroe. Uh, there's some rumors on if Monroe or Stucky could be on the move uh, with their trade value. Stucky, I, I'm, I'm not so sure, Max. Uh, if you're the Pistons, would anyone want Stucky? Would it be maybe a Rayburn situation that you give Rayburn a new fit in Cleveland, he makes the most of it? Is that what maybe Stucky could be like? That's yeah, it's a great point. Um, it's 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 tough to tell with him because he's done he's done a lot for them in in past years. He just hasn't really been highlighted just because um, they've been such you know they kind of have been down on the dumps as far as um, their record goes. Um, it might not be bad to keep him for at least another year, especially if you get a guy who maybe is like like Oladipo who can kind of um, help him out in the transition to the pros um i i would say maybe uh it's just a tough call because he's he's been there for you so long and he's dedicated a lot um so it's tough to say whether you should take or leave with stucky Absolutely. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. And then along with the trade, there's rumors of Kevin Love. I mean, there are a couple other guys in the block, Max. Uh, I mean, I think Kevin Love would be a great fit. You'd have to really restructure the the big man position, uh, whether it's getting rid of uh, Monroe, whether it's maybe structuring Drummond a little bit differently. But how would Kevin Love fit in this scheme? No doubt, Kevin Love and a and Andre Drummond would be a lethal combination down low. Um, I think if you do, um, you know, you probably trade Monroe or uh, add him in that package at least for Love. Um, but no doubt he, he'd be a great he'd be a great fit down there um, with with Andre Drummond, especially if um, he can you know take some of those teachings he's learned learning from Hakeem Olajuwon over over the summer. Um, I I would love to see him too, um, but uh, it's just a matter of of what if at this point. Absolutely, uh, alongside with the Kevin Love trade, then there comes the coaching debate. Is it going to be a Nate McMillan? Is it going to be a Brian Shaw? You have Phil Jackson now a consultant. Who is Phil Jackson going to basically put in the put in the word for and have the biggest impact to hire? I mean, this is probably the guy, if I'm guessing for Phil Jackson, is going to have the biggest impact when it comes to coaching decisions. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, if you're the Pistons' front office, you're probably still in the back of your mind, kind of wishing Phil Jackson would just take the job. But he's he's already addressed that he 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 has no interest in it, though he will help out. Um, I, I've heard more of Nate McMillan than anything else, so it absolutely could be him. Um, but uh, they ever ever since they've um, had you know guys like um, Carlisle and Brown leave, they've struggled to find their identity with a head coach. So um, I think that's just as big of an um, issue for them this year as it is who to draft. I think you almost could treat it like another um, a coaching draft at this point because um, obviously no matter how great your players are, you still need a great coach behind it all. So um, it'll be interesting what they what they do with that. Right, and alongside with basically a coaching decisions, there are some other teams that have to make some coaching decisions, but there are also some teams when it comes to the NBA playoffs right now they have to make decisions when it comes to playing a star like Derrick Rose that looks like he's going to have to wait till next year. I just don't believe that they just haven't come came out and said it. I mean, it's not that hard. You, you say he's playing or not. You don't have to wait it out and, and basically uh, tease the crowd a little bit, do you? Yeah, I think it's actually, it's to me, it's been interesting just to see how big of a debate this whole thing is because I've always just had the opinion of who are we to say this guy should or shouldn't play. You know, it's Derrick Rose. It's his body. Um, he knows what's best for it. So it just seems almost a little ridiculous to me to think, well, Derek Rose should play because I need him to play tonight because I'm a Bulls fan. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's something that it seemed odd to me that they just didn't, you know, if you know, if you can't play, just shut it down, go next season. If you can play, then play. Um, so it's been it's been kind of interesting to see how big it's blown up. And um, I obviously I think looking back now, they probably would have handled it better. Um, just kind of a yes or no type of thing. Um, but uh, I, I think it's be- I think it's for the best that he doesn't play at this point. Um, I think the Bulls, yeah, they're going to have a tough time if they want to advance without him. Um, but at this time, I think you have to look into the future and um, you invest so much into Derrick Rose that um, I think you just have to look in the long run and make sure it's best for him long term. And what it, And the other thing that you might argue if it's best for is after LeBron quote-unquote flopping on that last game, is it best for LeBron James to walk around the streets of Chicago by himself? I mean, this is a guy that could be targeted. This guy's probably got got, th- he's got stuff thrown at him nonstop. And there's actually a picture tweeted by Robert Little. You can follow him uh, at Black Sports Online, BLK Sports Online. There's a picture right now of LeBron James being escorted around the streets of Chicago with four police officers. Four. I don't blame him. I mean, I don't blame him either, but 
I mean, why are you walking around the streets of Chicago to begin with? I mean, this is probably a guy that's going to have, you know, words thrown at him left and right. This is a this is the guy that's, I mean, did you see the flop first off and second? Uh, can you argue something like that? You saw the fine from from Bulls coach Tom Thibodeau today. Uh, I mean, this 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 happens a lot. Blown calls, flops, uh, you know, stars getting their own calls. I, I didn't personally see the flop, but um, as LeBron, you know, as, as for as far as LeBron James goes, um, I, I I think you, ha- I mean, he knows that people like to hate him. Um, I personally never understood why the the high amount of hate is for him. Um, I, I think there's you know the true NBA fans appreciate the the great talent that he brings. Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't know if I'm going to be walking around the streets of Chicago if I'm me. So. Um, you know, for bodyguards like or police officers, I suppose that makes sense. But if it's me personally, I think you just gotta you know stick it, you know, stay low and take care of your business, which I think they will. Hopefully, they will. We'll have to wait and see. Another pretty uh, pretty big matchup in that series. We got about five minutes left. Uh, is the Warriors Spurs series because you look at it now, it's uh, you know two two or just about evened up almost. Uh, you, know, you see Steph Curry him being being able to basically beat anyone. You see former Spartan Draymond Green out there. Can the Spurs hold on as the one seed? Well, I think uh, they've definitely uh, the Warriors have definitely made it interesting. Um, uh, no, I don't think anyone realized how great of a backcourt they even had until the playoffs started, and it's been a lot of fun watching Draymond Green because he's been doing so well. It reminds me of his freshman year at Michigan State when they made it all the way to the finals, um, where he just kind of came out, came on real late, and um, he had a big uh, postseason for them at Michigan State. And he's doing the same thing here, so. Um, I, I think I don't think it'd be two two without him for sure. Um, I think he's got a lot of really big minutes and some big points, rebounds and whatnot for them. Um, I I personally think the Warriors will pull it off. I think we've seen the Spurs in the past um, kind of uh, leave out early the, of the playoffs. And uh, don't get me wrong, they're getting old, and so uh, I think you have to put that into a factor. It's young versus old in this in case, and um, I like the Warriors after, especially after what they their last game. Yeah, you know what? And the other thing about the Warriors is that it looks like they're pretty determined. They have a lot of weapons. I mean, a lot of guys that can shoot. But so do the New York Knicks. And as they are pretty banged up right now without Schumpert, he's a game-time decision. Uh, both him and they've got G.R. Smith lingering a little bit too. I mean, this is a team that is a little bit of trouble, which I thought to start, it looked like you know this matchup against the Pacers was going to be an easy matchup. Yeah, um, I, it's it's kind of hard to bet against anyone playing against the Knicks lately in in the postseason, just because we don't see them make a whole lot of playoff runs. And so, um, you know, we saw Carmelo Anthony just play out of his mind um, uh, a few weeks ago, and um, I, I think the Pacers could pull it off. I think that would be actually a pretty big upset if they did. I think they're a very well coached team. They actually have um, some MSU graduates in the front office, so we we could pull for them for that reason. But um, I, I I would like to see the Pacers pull that off because um, it's just it's hard not to root for the underdog in that case, and it's the Knicks. People like to root against anything New York, um, but uh, I think that's kind of another Golden State San Antonio series where I don't think people really saw that being as close as it is. Yeah, and, and then of course this is a Pacers team that obviously has a lot of height in Hibbert, but I thought with Chandler, I thought the matchup down low, I thought this would be pretty easy for them to handle, but Hibbert's just creating a wreck down there. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely been a force to be reckoned with. Um, I don't know if he even thought he was going to have that kind of impact on the series, and uh, and if you're the New York Knicks, you have to consider that now. I don't know if they necessarily scouted for that at the beginning of the series, so if you're them, you have to make those adjustments, and if they can and win the series, then t- hop, you know, hats off to them, but um, if not, you know, Keep doing what you're doing if you're Hibbert. Yeah, absolutely. Now, time to get to the last portion of the show. We've got about three minutes left. It's time to get to your very favorite Detroit Tigers. And actually, a quick score update for you. They're actually facing the Houston Astros now in, a, in another series. They're at one nothing after a Torrey Hunter RBI. Uh, actually, Torrey Hunter started off with a one nothing lead. Uh, pretty easy RBI. Astros now take the lead 2-1 after back-to-back RBIs from, uh, from Cedeno. And, uh, well, actually, Sanchez now has given up three consecutive hits in the third. So, uh, hopefully they can hang on to it. Uh, so, first of all, let's talk about yesterday's game as this game's going on right now. You face a Cleveland Indians team that's, you know, been pretty hot lately. Ryan Rayburn making a new face. We hate to see it, but he is. Uh, but, you know, you've got, you're bringing back a closer that obviously disappointed many last year. You're bringing back Valverde to basically... I don't even know if they have him in the long-term plan for a World Series run, a playoff run, but it's their closer for now. You know, they they didn't, 
the closer and Rondone, who was probably going to be their guy this year, still having some issues, a little bit of control issues, he was sent back down. You're you're putting Valverde in the situations now. He blows his first save. Sure, back to back walks, and then a two out single. You know, from a, th- a third baseman, uh, guy on third base scores. Not the prettiest of sights when you're trying to fight for a first place, uh, conquering. But Valverde, I mean. Are you worried? I mean, I, everyone. This is always a pretty big effect. Everyone starts to freak out. It jumps to everybody else across the world. Uh, I mean, are we hanging our our you know our bells up a little bit too early here? Or? Um, I, well, I think Valverde. He's he's definitely on a short le- leash this year. It might be an right. unfair short leash just because of of what he's done in the past. I almost think now it sounds weird to say, but his perfect season a few years ago when he saved 59 out of 59 saves probably hurts his reputation a little bit because that's what just people expect now um, but I'm not worried uh, it's a very long season and um, f- for someone who watches baseball year in year out um, you, you can find and we saw it last year that it only takes a couple games even at the end of the season to get into the playoffs um, I think he'll be okay though um, I, I think like I said he's he's got an unfair short leash on him just because People are just expecting to be perfect after coming back now. Um, but he's going to blow saves. Everyone blows saves. Um, and I guess I would rather have him blow a save early in the season than late in the season because, you know, there's no breaks in September. But, um, but you know, I, I think they'll be okay. We'll have to wait and see. Along with the Tigers, of course, Miguel Cabrera and Prince Fielder on pace for an RBI record. That's another thing we'll have to wait and see. But again, it's about that time. Uh, we've got about 30 seconds left in the show. I want to thank Randy Adams, who has taken over for Dylan behind the glass, producing, making things sound good over the air. Max, I want to thank you for coming on the air with me today as we are slowly moving this Impact Sports program forward. Uh, I mean, as a former water polo player, it was some great insight. Maybe we'll get to some water polo in future weeks. I mean, What's the first thing you want to cover when it when it comes to impact sports? Well, that'd be great. Uh, I'd love to do that, and uh, uh, that'd be a lot of fun to do. Appreciate uh, having me on the show, and uh, I hope to do it very soon. Again, if you want to get involved with impact sports, G4 Holden Hall is where you want to go and fill out an application to get involved. Again, I'm Alex Shark. Same time, same place. We'll be back next week uh, with some more Spartan sports rap news coming at you each week on 88.9 FM. I'm Alex Shark. Happy Monday, and go Tigers! 2-1 down against the Astros, but hopefully they can pull it off. Happy Monday, everybody. See you later. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89 FM.